This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Kia Brasil, o programa de rádio comunitário em Hamilton, na Nova Zelândia, para brasileiros ao redor do mundo. Que hora Brasil, que hora mundo? Well, today I have a very special guest, and I'm sorry if you do not speak English, but our interview is gonna be in English because our guest does not speak Portuguese yet, as long as I know. <laughs> But she is dealing with people with different nationalities and she lives in Wellington or nearby and she will tell us a little bit why she's talking to us today. Charlotte, thank you very much for being with us today at Cure Brazil. You're very welcome. Charlotte, where were you born? I was actually born in Holland, um, in the Netherlands. In the Netherlands. Yeah. I love that country. <laughs> Amsterdam. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it was very cold, yes. <laughs> oh, but what was your background there? Um, so I was born in the Netherlands and I grew up in the UK. Um, my mum was, was Dutch and my, and my dad was British. Um, so we, yeah, we basically moved over to the UK when I was quite small. Um, and I grew up there, went to school there, all of that. Um, moved back to the Netherlands when, my, when I was 16, um, my last couple of years of secondary school, I think. And then, yeah, um, Life took me everywhere. So I went to university in the UK and then moved to Africa and um, after Africa back to Holland. And, after, and then I met my husband now um, and we decided we would like to come, come to New Zealand. So that's in summary. That's, <laughs> that's summary. What were you working with there? Um, so when I finished university, I knew that I wanted to work in international development. So I wanted to work for um, in the charity sector, I guess. Um, and that kind of brought me to Africa. So I was working um, in, in international development in Africa, working on education projects, managing education projects for kids in Africa. So making sure that they're trying to make sure that their schools were teaching them things that were useful um, and that their teachers were well trained and they were well paid um, and advocacy on that. Um, so a little bit of teacher training, a little bit of advocacy, um, all to try and make sure that the kids in Africa had a half decent education which yeah most for the most part they didn't have <laughs> it's really hard in africa right it's very violent it's almost like in brazil yeah it can be i mean it's um it, it depends very much on where you are but um i mean i lived in west africa which was relatively peaceful um and then in in rwanda which obviously has a violent past um but but is now very peaceful um yeah so i mean it's it can be challenging i guess mentally um dealing with people's trauma and yeah people's backgrounds people's histories um that's not so easy but but living as an expat there is relatively an easy life it's more dealing with the mental fatigue and the, the trauma of other people i guess and why did you move to new zealand So that was, um, yeah, I think it was, it kind of was a bit of a process, I guess. I mean, um, when I was living in the Netherlands, I I wasn't terribly happy living there. I, didn't, I never really thought of it as a long-term, a long-term thing, but I met Sander and we had Ellie and then um, that kind of was the reason that we stayed there more than anything else because Sander is, is my husband is, is from the Netherlands. 
um, and his family are all there. Um, and then um, I'd always kind of wanted to visit New Zealand, so we came out here in 2015 um, and just fell in love with it, really. And when Ellie arrived, it was very much kind of reflecting on the time that we had spent in New Zealand, which was only a month or so, but just the countryside and the nature and the and the, the, the way that children grow up here is very... Um, outdoors compared to the way that children grow up in the Netherlands. Um, so it was that. And then it was um, for my career as well and for my job, I needed somewhere where English was the main language because my Dutch remains terrible. So that doesn't bode well for my Portuguese. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I can, so I can understand everything in Dutch, but speaking is a real um, stumbling block. Um, and so yeah, communicating with people in a work environment in Dutch would always have been difficult um and then just this feeling if we wanted a little bit more space around us um you know not necessarily a big house and a big garden but just outdoor space nature um a little bit closer to the land i guess um that's how we wanted to live um and that wasn't really so possible in Holland because it's very busy and very focused on work and quite relentless as a culture um so it's just we wanted something else for ourselves and for our daughter You gave birth to your little one here? No, in the Netherlands. So she was born um she was born in 2016 and we moved out here in 2019, so um when she was two and a half. Almost that right? I think so, three and a half. Yes. We have this image that like people from Europe would have like the residency here easier than <laughs> us Latin Americans. <laughs> Isn't it true? <laughs> But not not in our experience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that I, I, I suspect if you go back um, maybe 10 or 15 years, that might well have been the case because there, there are a lot of people here who have a kind of European background. And I, I, I don't know really when it changed, but I think now it does seem at least at least for all its other failings, it seems to be relatively full paying in terms of where you're from, but um, not a very easy system to navigate, I think. I think in the moment, everyone wants to come here. And that's why they're just restricting to everyone, right? Well, I think, I mean, it's, it's understandable that people might think, um, I mean, you know, with what's going on in the rest of the world with, with COVID and with the restrictions that everyone is facing on their life there, I think I can understand that there's even more people who might want to come here. Like, and it, it is a beautiful country with a lot to offer. But I, I mean, I don't think that's the reason that the borders are closed. I don't think that there's so many people queuing to come up here. Um, but, but that's why they closed the borders. It's just um, they're trying to protect New Zealand, and and that sort of that does sort of make sense. Um, although it would be nice to know that there's some kind of end in sight, because I'm sure, like many people, we have family-based overseas who would love to come and visit. And you know, our daughter hasn't seen her grandparents in a year and a half, and you know. I haven't seen my sister in a couple of years. So, and I'm sure that most of the people who are listening to your program, many of them who are here, will be in similar situations where their families are far away and there's there's no real chance for them to visit. And we miss our families. Um, so we, we, we hope that there is an end of sight once the vaccine is hopefully widely taken up and travel is an option again. I, I understand that, for example, from the government point of view, Mm. It's hard to allow a person from Brazil coming in this moment because they are like the center of COVID, mm, <laughs> unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. But like for other countries like the trans-Tasmanian or whatever bubble that they could create, mm. yeah. I don't understand why not. 
Yeah, I I have to say I, I I agree with you. I mean, I don't I don't understand why not either. I think um, I I suspect in the in the end it will come down to having a, a vaccine passport or something to show that you are vaccinated, which you know some people I think are uncomfortable with. But if I think back to my my time in Africa, I know that I had to travel with a yellow fever certificate wherever I went, um, and so it's not in a sense it's not dissimilar um, having to prove that you are vaccinated against something. Um, so I think, I mean, I, and, and I know that the opening up the, the trans-Tasman bubble will help with MIQ places as well, because people who are coming from Australia won't be required to do quarantine anymore. Um, that will hopefully free up some spaces, although hopefully not for necessarily just members of the Lion King cast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, talking about that, we know that, for example, the government allowed people from the Wiggles yeah. or for the Lion yeah. Kings and other stuff, like even the, what is the name of the drag queen? I forgot the name now. RuPaul. Uh, RuPaul, yes. 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 Yeah. I love all of them, okay? I me have too. nothing yes. against them, but... No, me either. <laughs> we know that we have cases of families that are split, like the mother and the father, they cannot see yeah. the kids and stuff. Yeah, it's horrific. Yeah. So what's going on with this government? I just, I I have to say, I don't know. I think um, there are some people who are asking questions. So among them, um, Erica Stanford of National, who has been asking some really, um, some really good questions around this. Um, unfortunately, not from other parties yet. Um, I would like to see some more questions from the Greens. I would actually like to see some questions from Labour to their own government. I mean, it's not just because you belong to the same party. It doesn't mean you have to necessarily follow everything that they say. You can still point out when there are things that are not so good um i don't i don't understand this i mean i think it's um you know i understand the economic argument that bringing the lion king in create revenue for at uh, auckland i understand that it's nice to and en- have your family entertained and to have something else to do after such a long period of isolation really from the rest of the world i understand all of that but when you compare that to the importance of a mother being separated from her baby as is happening right now, um, I don't think it stacks up. I mean, I know that there are there are some nurses who live here, um, not too far from where I live in Kapiti, who have been working the whole period of the, the COVID crisis, um, an aged care facility, and this is these are the ones that, um, that Erica Stanford has mentioned as well, that have been separated from their very, very young children. Um, you know, we're talking babies uh, who, you know, they were two, three months old when their mothers left and who haven't seen their mothers since then. Um, now, what that does for a child, I think, is something that, that New Zealand really needs to look at. This is already a country that has a mental health crisis, that has a high rate of youth suicide. Um, these children, unless their mothers decide to go back, and that would be a huge loss to New Zealand, given that, that they don't have enough health care staff here, um, assuming that their mothers are able to settle here and bring their families over, those children are going to be traumatised and the care that they require for their mental health in years to come is something that will fall on New Zealand. And it seems to me there has been very little or no thinking around that, you know, even from a very bald cost point of view, like what does that mean for for the economy and for the healthcare system, all of these children who are going to be traumatised as a result of it. And it's completely unnecessary. You know, it's it's when you have, if you have 120 of places for the Lion crew, Lion King crew, then you, you have, you know, spaces for 100 kids. You know, it's it, it to me it makes absolutely no sense. Well, I don't have the, an to it. Yes, yeah, sorry. In the MIQ, they are not allowing minors, right? I think they're not allowing minors without um, without uh, an adult present. But yes. those people, 
those people who are hoping to come back here obviously uh, would be hoping you know if it's if it's a a female nurse out here then it's probably her her husband who's been taking care of the the children so it would be you know the child plus the the husband then mm-hmm. but these I, I should stress that those people would it would um, normally have access to New Zealand so if you if you have a work visa here you would normally be able to bring your family over it's not it's not something different um because of covid or anything else it's not um you know normally people wouldn't just small children wouldn't travel by themselves it would normally be the the partner of the the, parent, the person who has a work visa who would come over with the child and they would all have a right to to stay here but charlotte this government says so much like let's be kind to each other yes. Kindness yes. is the main word that we listen from, Jacinda. Yeah. Yes. But what? Is, where's the kindness for all these people and even us? Who? It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be there. To be honest, I mean, it's um, and it's. I should say, I I I find it quite a, a big disappointment. Um, I mean, I would when when we were reflecting on where to move, um, we were looking at New Zealand. We were looking at other countries that had um. English is their main language that were relatively developed where we think where we thought we could see our family growing um, and you know being looked after and it being a nice place for them to to, to be and I mean Australia comes up as, as one of those options so does Canada um, and we chose New Zealand um, and not you know it wasn't it wasn't a small factor that Jacinda had recently won the 2017 election so she I I remember looking at New Zealand thinking, oh, they have a national government. Like I I and I'm I would describe myself as more left wing, and so it was a bit of like mm, that, that's a bit of a shame. Maybe that's it's not really a factor not to move, but it's um, certainly something to be aware of. And so when Jacinda won that election in 2017 on the back of, you know, we have to be kind to each other. That kindness is not weakness. That um, that being a woman is not. You don't have to act like a man. You can be you know who you are and be kind, and that's a valuable thing. Um, was huge for us. It was, um, for, and for me in particular, it was. This is amazing. This is a youngish woman who's not married, who doesn't feel the need to be, who is then fairly soon after that pregnant, has a child, and who can be prime minister. It was just a, a massive sort of, um, yeah. She was definitely someone I would consider almost a role model. And to see what's happened since is a massive disappointment. I have to admit, it's it's quite sad um, that someone who describes policy, their policies as kind um, and describes their approach as kind is not is not being kind um, and is not being considerate to people in need and for no real reason that we can see I think as migrants I think it's um it's, it's very upsetting yeah but what about those people also who say like oh but we should just make these people go back home because mm-hmm. they're taking the jobs opportunities that our Kiwis could take or yeah. like many Kiwis want to come back home and when they come mm-hmm. back they won't have their places here so we really need to get rid of these migrants. Well I think it's I mean you do find that, that migrants get um, tagged a lot here with this idea that they're taking up housing or that they're using the infrastructure or whatever. The trouble is that that, that infrastructure and that housing um, has not been built and has not been invested in for years and even if when, we, when I spoke with with Erica from Erica Stanford from National, she um, was honest enough to say, you know, this is successive governments. It's not just the Labour government that's in power now. It's the national government that was there before, that they haven't invested enough in housing, that they haven't invested enough in healthcare or education. And 
the result of that is now showing. You know, we have not enough houses in New Zealand. We don't have a, a particularly good healthcare system. Schools are failing. You know, schools are falling down essentially around our children's ears, and it's not acceptable. And we do need to invest more as New Zealand. We need to invest more um, in those in those things, and we need to really, really quite quickly build some houses because it's getting a bit ridiculous. But I have to say, I don't think it's fair to blame migrants for that. I think it's true that under the last national government, um, lots of migrants were brought in and the infrastructure wasn't um, keeping pace with that. There was not the investment in infrastructure that you would need to cope with a large, with a growing population. But that, I should be very clear, is not the fault of migrants. It's the fault of the government at the time and the government since then, which have made decisions um, around not investing enough in uh, building more houses and improving healthcare and improving education systems. So it's it's um, it's very easy to blame migrants. It's very easy to say, oh, well, we should get rid of them and then everything will be fine. But I think the reality is, is quite clear. Over the last over the last year, there has been almost no inward migration into New Zealand because the borders have been closed. And so that's been very, very low. Um, and you look at it, things a year on from where they were last year, we don't have, you know, huge numbers of vacant housing. We don't have hospitals that are running perfectly well because there are no, no new migrants. We don't have schools where, you know, teachers are teaching very small class sizes because there are no migrants. The fact is that this is that the, the, the closure of the borders over the last year has really demonstrated that these issues are not the fault of of migrants um, who are here. It's the fault of lack of investment over many, many years. Um, and we can't put the blame on migrants. It's not fair to. And, and not only is it not fair, but it's also... Um, you know, as someone who spent time living in Rwanda where there was a genocide, I'm very aware that as soon as you start putting the blame on one group of people for being, you know, everything everything is their fault, this is this results in genocide. There's a very clear line. You look at the Nazis in Germany in nineteen in the nineteen thirties, you look at Rwanda in the nineteen nineties, it's it's the same thing. If you say one group of people is to blame for all of society's ills, you are essentially looking to a, a, a place where genocide is um, going to happen. And the idea that because, you know, we're a developed country and, and we're Western or whatever, that we're somehow immune is just a fallacy. Um, so we, I think we need to be very careful about saying uh, migrants are to blame for everything uh, because they're clearly not, but it's also not helpful. The government was announcing something in end of March? I mean... Mm -hmm. We are in end of March, right? Yes. Last day of March, that one, I think, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what's coming up? Or like, they, they're they not going to do anything? They're just going to yeah. postpone again? What's going to happen? What do you think? I really, I don't know. I mean, I think that there was, yes, you're right, that there was meant to be announcements at the end of, at the end of March. Um, my understanding is that there was a um, meeting for, between INZ and some licensed immigration advisors last week Friday and they were um the the point of that meeting was to give an update on the expression of interest queue which has been on hold for a year um and also the processing of uh visas for the skilled migrant category which is extremely slow and essentially they gave no answers to either of them they said that the expression of interest queue opening that up was under careful consideration to which my question is you've had a year of it being under careful consideration how long on earth does it take to carefully consider this stuff. Um, and I think in the end, it, it points to um, a minister, Chris Farfoy, um, and a government who don't care, um, who don't really have an interest in solving these issues. There's, I think there's certainly 
a conversation around immigration to New Zealand that needs to happen. Um, I think there needs to be a conversation around how many people do we want to have in New Zealand? Um, what's the balance of people coming in versus the skills that we want to build up here? You know, how do we do that even? Like, it's one thing to say, let's 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 make sure that Kiwis can have um, have the jobs, although I would argue that people who are here now are essentially Kiwis. They don't have anywhere else to call home. But um, even if you say people who are born here, you know, it doesn't, it's not as if you can train a nurse in a day. You know, you need to have, it's a long-term plan if you want to have um, sufficient numbers of nurses, doctors, teachers coming through the education system in New Zealand. Um, and the, the trouble is that this country has been quite reliant on this idea of short-term migration for a very long time. But the trouble is that the dream that has been sold to people who are based overseas is, you know, come here and be a doctor, be a nurse, be a teacher, be a whatever we need. And there's a dream of like, well, you can stay. Um, and the trouble is that the dream is not reality, that, that, that um, there's a, a mismatch between people's idea of they can come here and they can settle here with their families. And the reality is you come here and it's like, well, you know, maybe you can live here for a few years and then you can go home, right? And it's very much, you know, it took us, you know, we're, we're a relatively privileged, in a relatively privileged position. It took us three years to make that move. And we had to sell our house. We gave up our jobs. We, you know, we left our families behind. And this is the same for all migrants who come here. And particularly if we're looking at that category of skilled migrants, you know, they are older. They're not people who, they're not students with no ties. They're people who have young families, who are married, who are older, and who are coming here to settle here. And that's the conversation that needs to happen. That is the reality, is if you want to have that class of people coming here to support New Zealand and to help as it grows, they want to stay. It's that simple. It's, <laughs> it's, not, it's not that you can have someone come out here, in most cases, a fully qualified doctor or a fully qualified nurse or a teacher or an engineer or a scientist, and they come out here for two years and then they go home. This is them, their home. They want to stay here. And that should be much more easy and much more accessible and I think that's what um, what Anchor is, is for is making sure Anchor I should say is the Association of New Kiwis Aotearoa and is set up in part to support people who move here to gain residence so people who move here who have been sold this idea of you can come here and you can stay to really try to make that possible um, and at the same time recognising that there does need to be a conversation around immigration here that it can't continue in the way that it has but that it's not fair um to say to people who have come here and been told you can gain residence to suddenly take that away from them yeah and charlotte what do you have as next steps in your life well i hope we can settle here i mean this is this is where we want to stay i've lived in i don't know i'd have to count them but probably going on to 10 countries um in my life and this is the one that i chose um and you know i think this is uh Something to emphasize too, actually, would be to say that this is, you know, instead of having always this negative conversation around migrants and, and what they take from a country, it's for me a little bit about how can we reframe that conversation to be more positive and just, um, you know, these are people who have chosen to live in New Zealand, right? They are passionate about this country in many cases, in most cases, who they want this country to, to, to succeed, to grow, um, to be in line with its, its history and its culture they're not just here to make a quick buck. You know, it's it's very, they have a tie to this country now. And, and if we can harness that energy and that positivity, then 
that's potentially huge for for New Zealand and for the for the future of New Zealand. Um, so I, I mean, I hope that we stay here. Um, I will continue doing the job that I that I love um, and supporting migrants in the long term too. Even even if I get residence, <laughs> I will still be here for for migrants. I think um, trying to help them to settle here and um, to make this their home, uh, Kainga. Um, and I hope that that is something that I can continue to offer. Um, and just watching my little girl grow and supporting my husband and loving our dog, who's a new addition to our family. <laughs> <laughs> That's the plan for the future. Not really much more than that. I see. In Charlotte. I usually ask my guests to choose a song. So, okay, um, I would say, and I'm sure people have probably said this one before, but um, there's a song by, and I've forgotten his name, but there's a Kiwi artist, and it's called Welcome Home. Um, and it's a very nice, a very nice song around, um, actually around migration to New Zealand. Um, so, And it's just about making people feel um, that this is their home and that they have something to offer. And I think that's the that's the reality of all the migrants here. They, um, you know, they chose to be here, and they they do have something to offer. And let's let's make use of that rather than demonising it and um, saying, you know, they're bad people and they should go home. This is their home. That's it. They're, this is their home. And to whom would you like to dedicate? Jacinda Ardern. <laughs> <laughs> because I like to change minds, <laughs> and I think that there are minds there that can be changed. Um, and I, you know, I believe in that. Um, so I will dedicate it to her and hope that she is listening to your show. I doubt, but you never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we never know. Charlotte, thank you very much for taking this very welcome. <laughs> many minutes talking to us. And I just hope that all of us can settle down. Yes, I hope so too. I hope so too. Because I, I fully agree and understand that we want New Zealand to regrow. And yeah, yeah. We do. We want the same thing. Yeah. We just need to be united. And yes. we are not against Maybe. Kiwis, right? Absolutely not. No, I think we're united with Kiwis. I think that's the... And I do think it's partly about around um, changing that narrative and, and um, changing the, the idea that, that migrants are just here to, to take and not to give. Um, we're very much here to give and to be part of as well. Yes. Thank you very much, then. You're very welcome. My dear friends... This was Charlotte. I hope you enjoyed the chat. But if you don't agree with any of the points discussed, or if you would like to give suggestions, please contact us. Kiora Brazil, Brazil with Z, in Facebook or Instagram, that we will love to give voice to the different opinions and voices around the world. E vocês, meus queridos amigos brasileiros, compatriotas, não importa em que lugar do mundo vocês estejam, espero que vocês estejam bem. Porque eu sei que não está fácil. Então é isso, meus queridos ouvintes, como sempre, eu não poderia deixar de agradecer Free FM, Vox Brasil e todas as rádios afiliadas que estão retransmitindo o Que Hora Brasil, assim como Kevin MacLeod pela trilha sonora de Que Hora Brasil, Bossa Antigua. E a todos vocês, meus queridos ouvintes, um grande abraço. Que a carra e caqueteano!
the mountains every high and high. There's a cloud full in the deep. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.